This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. Let's dive deeper into what you just said for a second, because you said that you have to shut down the service. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, every type of business could relate to that to some extent in the sense that like you could be an e-com store and you could run out of inventory and then you're, you know, people come to the store and sorry, we don't have anything for you. And right. it's a very scary place to be because we all think we have one chance with, with the customer, right? If they come and your service isn't there, well, then I'm going to go to someone else who has that service. Exactly. If I'm going to come yes. to your store and you don't have that product. I'm going to go to the other store that has a product and you lost the customer probably for life and hard to bring that person back. So how do you overcome that? And what's your advice to the entrepreneurs listening who uh, may find themselves in a situation like that? That, I mean, you, you've hit it uh, spot on. I mean, that's, that's how I felt was, Oh my God, these people can't sign up. They're just going to go somewhere else and never come back again. But um, you know, for me being open on social media, I, I had a really good following on Facebook and, just being open and honest with people and saying, look, you know, we, we have a service that's going to work for you. We are a little overwhelmed with everything going on. We are doing this, this, and this to catch up and we'll be opening back up soon. So, you know, a lot of people really stuck around and were, were patient with us and ended up signing up. I'm sure some people went to competitors or whatever, but um, you know, I just felt like that, that open communication, really keeping people up to date with, with things progressing and how everything's, um, going as planned, that was a really big deal for me and, and keeping those people happy and kind eventually coming over to NLC. And then I'm sure scaling as fast as you, as, as fast as you did in the lot in, in the past three years, a lot of things break when you scale that quickly. How do yeah. you handle that? Because I think everyone wants to scale, right? That's the biggest thing. I want to scale. I want to scale. I want to grow, but there comes a point where you could actually grow broke. You could actually grow inwards versus outwards. There's a lot of bad things that could happen. Uh, and I'm sure when you start a new service like what you had and you bring on people, you know, it's sometimes there's growing pains involved that where, you know, your beginning, your, your first and early clients may, um, as you're scaling, find themselves in a situation where things aren't getting done on time or things like that. How do you then, you know, keep your current existing clients happy while being able to scale the way you're scaling? Yeah, we had the, the same scenarios where we, you know, unfortunately we were so behind, we were trying to rush designs, which we were sacrificing quality and upsetting customers. And we, we went through all that, which, you know, to me is perfectly normal. Um, we, we eventually started to really put a lot of money in, in uh, hiring and just kind of getting ahead and, and stacking up the, the team much more than we really needed to. But uh, that, that gave us enough of that breathing room to finally get ahead and be able to keep uh, bringing in new customers without shutting the packages down and things like that. So, you know, we really didn't need to hire 150 new contractors over the last year or something, but it got us exactly where we needed to be to scale, you know, so we're, we haven't had any issues for over a year now with the the scaling. Um, took us a while to, to finally get to that point because you're, the, the hiring and recruiting process overseas in different country, it's very, uh, tricky and, and there's a lot of things and moving parts you have to look at but yeah i think just kind of getting us ahead by stack staffing more um in our particular case really helped us out i'm fascinated by that because i think 
the biggest problem I've seen is too many business people uh, or too many businesses or too many people try to scale their business way too quickly, right? You run a business with, you run a business right now with over 250 employees. Talking about how you scaled like that, because like I said, I think people jump a little too fast when it comes and a lot of bad hires, or um, I think there's a, there's an underestimated or, or maybe the word I'm looking for is an undervalued uh, need or approach to running a, a lean business for as long as you can. Right. I think, I think, I think many people just try to scale, but I, I do find value in trying to stay as lean as possible for, for, for as long as you can. Um, talk me through a little bit about that. We are, because, because we're a people-based service. I mean, that's, that's our bread and butter. We have to have the right people on staff, but um, you know, I, I think that's, it's it's been challenging working firstly as as a remote business we haven't had anybody in-house working together so um it, it was initially we got off to a rocky start but i think what what helped us was trying to take our business and service and break it down into microscopic parts so we found that uh breaking our, our business down into teams was much more valuable and beneficial uh, inefficient than trying to just have one massive graphic design department and one massive video team. Um, so we you know we've we've kind of made microscopic pieces to those teams, and it's just been so much easier to run uh, the, the business and service that way. So I think uh, you know Amazon kind of had something similar with their pizza that you know they they wanted to talk about uh, you know, this pizza should be able to feed like this many people. So that's all that's going to be on their team or something like that. But, um, you know, we found that that the teams was really a, a big deal for us. It just made our particular service uh, thrive. You, I mean, you run a remote business, right? Yeah. And what I find interesting is when COVID hit, everyone went remote. Yeah. Uh, you've been running a remote business for over two years before the pandemic even hit. Yeah. How big of an advantage of that? Uh, how big of an advantage was that for you uh, when, when COVID hit? It was huge because we had already been doing what everybody was trying to quickly transition to. So there was really, there was no um, interruption in the service. Everybody was working exactly how they've been working for the last few years. So uh, it, it was, it was great in, in that uh that area, but you know, we also got really busy. I think as companies started to transition into more remote work and remote operations, they were having to figure out what they're going to do with their their current in-house people who are gone now. So uh, we saw a big a big uh, influx in customers during all this. But yeah, we we didn't have to have any interruptions. It just every other day was exactly how it was before. Uh, let's talk about running a remote business, because I think there's a lot about it right now. A lot of the pros, we all know a lot of the pros, uh, but there's definitely cons, but we, but we know, we know the pros like global talent, you know, people being able to work from home. We're seeing all that now, uh, you know, post pandemic. I don't know if you call it post pandemic, cause I don't know if it's over, but yeah. you know what, you know what I mean? What, but, but I'm curious to hear, like, Ignore the pros because there's endless articles about the pros and people saying how happy they are. But what have been some of the biggest cons for you or the biggest struggles in running a remote business? I think uh, first and foremost is just not having that that in-person interaction. I think everybody really wants that. And I know we have a lot of people in different parts of the world who have been on a lockdown for the last two years. They literally can't go anywhere outside of their cities or towns. Um, 
you know, one person from their family is allowed to go to the grocery store and get food. And it's really depressing. This is a long, long time that people have been stuck inside in some of these areas. So um, that's, it really sucks. We'd love to have some in-person event at some point, but we have so many people from all over the place that it would be difficult, but um, it's challenging. We use Slack daily. It's, it's our like lifeblood. I mean, we, we sent out almost 100,000 messages just in the last five days in Slack. So it is like all day long, typing, typing, typing. And that really sucks too. My fingers and hands hurt like crazy every day. And, um, you know, there, there's, like you said, tons of pros, but there's only a few things that I, I think are cons for us in particular, and that personal interaction being one of them. But, um, you know, also just, just like team meetings, we have to get on video calls. We have to make sure everybody has good connections. Some people drop off, some people come in. I mean, it just, it really, it can make certain tasks very daunting and very um, drawn out that shouldn't have to be. So, you know, there's not a ton of, of cons for us, but those are a couple of big ones. What, what about culture, right? Everyone, I, I think culture is huge. How do you maintain uh, culture in a remote environment? We've done um, stuff recently, like, like, monthly newsletters that kind of feature employees or contractors, spotlight, stuff like that. We talk about things going on in the company. We do um, weekly calls with, with different teams, kind of giving those kudos and pats on the back that people deserve. And um, we have regular contests. We had a NLC cooking show we put on and everybody made their favorite dishes in their, in their areas um, we've done ad design contests. So there's a lot of different things that we do to just keep everybody uh, together and feeling like they're part of that family. Let's talk about the, the, the fun stuff, right? The, the creative side of things. Um, organic versus paid ads. Is there a difference to you in the type of creatives that get used? And, and, and if so, what are they? Um, I guess yes and no. I mean, I think we have come from uh, an area a few years ago where, you know, you try to just do as, as much design as you can in these ads to make them look really cool. And then everybody started doing that. Now we're kind of like at the uh, flip side of that, where some of the simplest images or videos crush it now. So I think uh, we, we've really started to kind of transition towards more uh, organic, natural looking creatives. It's not so design heavy. Um, they just look more user generated. So the UGC user generated content has been huge lately. Um, we're, we're, we're doing so much stuff with UGC right now in terms of editing and, and cutting videos up for people and doing testimonial videos. A lot of it's not design heavy. It's just very um, story driven. It's very real and personal, personal. And um, that's really seems to be doing well right now. So we've kind of been following those trends the same way. And what about in terms of like thumb stopping, right? Like how, like what, what's your best advice to produce thumb stopping creative? That can be tough. I think um, just, just on the design side, using things that aren't commonly seen on news fees and things like that, bright, bold, in your face, um, colors, elements, things like that. Um, also, split testing different video thumbnails. I mean, you know, you, you have you, the sky's the limit with that. So you can try any kind of stuff that could get somebody's attention, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the video. So 
Um, we, we do a lot of video thumbnail variations for companies, a split test, because it's, it's such a great opportunity to just see what works there. So, um, you know, bright, bright, colorful stuff, um, things that may not have anything to do with the video ad, but that are very, uh, interesting or kind of weird. I mean, that weird stuff seems to really work well, we've seen a lot of, uh, companies asking us to do like meme style, uh, intros to videos that have been working well. So just some stuff like that. Do you, how do you stay on top of trends that's going on? Because when you see so many, so much stuff coming through your, your, uh, your business, right? So many different creatives at some point, the mar smart marketers sit there and say, huh, everyone's going, um, going right. I should go left when everyone zigs, I should zag. So how do you stay on top of that and, and kind of just be like, instead of, I know you're there to fulfill what the cust what the client wants, but does there come a time where you step in and sit there and say, you know, everyone's doing that. What we recommend is doing something like this. We don't, we don't get that involved, but what I can say is we work with a massive amount of marketing agencies and some really, some big ones, digital marketer works with us and, and some of their sister brands. And, and we learn the trends from a lot of these top marketing companies that work with us. So we start to see um, everybody's doing this. Now some of these guys are starting to do something different. Now all of a sudden it's becoming more and more popular. So we can typically follow these trends and see what's working well right now. Um, in terms of design, design trends are very different from marketing trends. I mean, what, what works, uh, for grabbing attention on a website isn't necessarily the same as what's going to work on Facebook or Instagram. So we really are, um, always open-minded and just kind of seeing what, what is coming in our, our pipeline, because typically that's been the, the best solution for, for most people that they use us. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you for your attention. And if you made it this far, you're clearly somebody who wants to take their business to the next level. You want to get better. And I understand that being an entrepreneur sometimes can feel like a little bit of a lonely journey, which is why being part of a thriving community of like-minded people is just so important. It was super helpful in my own development as well. And as is the ability to instantly get answers to the questions you may have in order to grow and scale your business. It's for that reason why I launched a consulting coaching program called the Market Domination Method. And guess what? If you're listening to this and you hear this, we're open for applications right now for new members to join. So to request an invitation or to book a free diagnostic call, call it a game plan call. I'll literally sit with you and demonstrate the value that we could bring to your business on that call. Let's jump on a call. Uh, we'll discuss ways you could possibly grow your business. Head on over to jportnoy.com, J-P-O-R-T-N-O-Y.com. You'll find all the different ways you could work together. It's going to be the best business decision you'll make. So hope to speak soon. Head on over to jportnoy.com, book that free game plan call, and I look forward to talking to you soon.